Welcome to the Orchard Podcast, a resource of Orchard Africa. The mission of Orchard Africa is to equip the church to care for the vulnerable. For three decades, a passionate community of churches, leaders, and donors have worked together to feed, educate, care for, and empower under-resourced communities in Southern Africa. To date, Orchard Africa and its partners have served over 10 million meals to families in need, cared for over 75,000 orphan children, and enrolled 8,000 children in high-quality early learning programs. All of this takes place through local African leaders to help communities move from survival to stability to sustainability. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Orchard Podcast, where we help you make a positive and sustainable difference in the places of greatest need in our world. My name is Brian Lemieux, and I'm the executive pastor of Orchard Africa. And I am here at the table with the co-founders of Orchard Africa, Mike and Michelle Tessendorf. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. If you haven't had a chance to uh, listen in before or uh, haven't met Mike and Michelle, uh, Michelle is the CEO of Orchard Africa and provides directional leadership for uh, the whole scope of the organization. And Mike is our senior pastor and leads our Orchard Network and spends his days empowering, mentoring, and uh, encouraging pastors in South Africa. Well, we are so glad to have you back for episode 13 of the Orchard Podcast. It's... uh, February, the end of February, kind of the beginning of March, and we're actually sitting here in South Africa. Uh, It's glorious, beautiful outside right now. Wonderful weather. Uh, It's summertime, and uh, we see some of our U.S. friends struggling in the freezing cold (laughs) snow while we're sitting here in short sleeves and just thoroughly enjoying Africa, which is certainly my happy place. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. We've um, been out and about with some partners from the United States, um, being up in the Northwest, walking through the villages, getting hot and sweaty and dusty. But it's been absolutely beautiful just to see what a difference the church is making in the lives of the vulnerable. Yes, COVID has started to lift and there's Mm, so much freedom and people are out there doing their jobs and ministry. Mm. But we also went somewhere exciting. That's true. That's true. We had a little uh, safari ride. We had the opportunity to take a part of a day and go to Pilansburg National Park. And um, it was amazing. Yeah, we saw it, some animals. It's wonderful. It's absolutely amazing over there. And we, well, you know, it's summer. And summer's not the ideal time to be seeing uh, the wild because the grass is so long and it's difficult to see animals who are sneaking about. But we had two male lions come walking right out of that long grass right in front of our vehicle. And uh, we were told that those were the two alpha males of the entire national park. And boy, what a sighting that was. It was wonderful. It was like they owned the road. Mm. Um, And every vehicle that came from all over the place, it was like (laughs) (laughs) bees, bees to honey. Just every vehicle suddenly flew in and these two lions just owned the road and they walked and they strutted oh, and yeah. they grunted I, I think, to each I, other. I think they had a conversation before they got out of the, the grass and said, hey, let's show off a little bit because they walked right up to our safari vehicle and then just plopped down right in front of us and was sort of showing off. Uh, oh, absolutely. And I was just happened to be right in front of the lion with his yellow eyes and uh, he was looking right at me and I think he was thinking... Is this lunch? Yeah. I think he took one look at you and thought, no, he's too scrawny. Move on. (laughs) There's no no meat on those bones. Nope, nope, nope. So this would be the time to say, hey, 
come on a mission trip. <laughs> we'll yeah. take you on safari. You, you, you get to see it. But we saw a huge male elephant as mm. well, mm. really right up close to our safari truck, which was, mm. anyway, it was a wonderful time um, sharing that with our US partners mm. who were with us in the mm. villages. Mm. And it was just wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's great to see the beauty of Africa and just the incredible beauty of God's creation, not only in the lions, but just being out in the park. Um, and it's it's refreshing to know that that part of Africa does exist because there's so many parts of Africa that are so different. Mm. And so it's a good contrast to come out of a village where there's such a lot of need and such a lot of desperate people and then just be reminded that God is still God and he is still in control and as much as he can make all of nature beautiful, he's at work in the lives of people who are broken and helping us to make them beautiful and their lives meaningful again. Right. And if I can just give a good peg and a a hooray for our national parks, they create so many jobs. Mm. And all the people that work in the national park where we go to come from villages just like the ones where we serve. And so there is this amazing job creation, uh, which is wonderful Mm. to see. And it's it's wonderful to see the national parks coming alive Mm. again and with Mm. tourists and Mm. jobs coming back, which is... Uh, been gone for over two years. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get on with our yeah. podcast, I think. Yeah. Last month, we started a conversation that we said that we wanted to continue over the course of uh, 2022. And it's based on a passage that has meant a lot to us over the last uh, six months or so, as we've been thinking about um, what's ahead for Orchard and what's ahead in 2022. And it comes from Isaiah 58. And it talks about this phrase um, being a repairer of the breach. And we want to expound on that today and uh, dig deeper into that and think through what does that mean for, um, for our ministries, for your missions strategy, for us just being people who want to make an impact for Christ in the world. And I want us to read a part of that passage just to remind us of what we, uh, what we picked up last week. And it comes from Isaiah 58, and we'll look at verse 12, and it goes like this. And the ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. Uh, You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. And then here's that line that I mentioned. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. And uh, if you haven't read through Isaiah 58, I'd take a moment today and read through those first 12 verses because it talks about what what does it really mean Uh, to honor God, to please him, and to live a life in step with him. And the vision of that is that we would ultimately become a repairer of the breach. So what does that mean to talk about a breach? Well, it's an analogy that goes back to the kind of the ancient days of the Bible when cities were built with a wall around it. And when a city was attacked and the wall was broken, that was what was called a, a breach. And when the wall was broken, the enemy had free reign to come in and to attack and to um, uh, inflict every kind of punishment on on the most vulnerable there. And so with that, um, uh, we talked some last time that repairing that breach is so important because sometimes uh, we're only caring for the wounded over and over again, and we're never repairing the broken down wall. And so right. um, we just keep doing the same thing over and over again, hoping for a different result. Instead, we need to actually repair 
mm. what's broken. Mm. And so today we want to talk about that breach and brokenness and how brokenness affects us as um, people who serve, how brokenness affects those we serve, the vulnerable, and, and how it affects our ministries and our, our mission outreach. Right. Right. And I think something that I've noticed uh, in your analogy, as well as, as in our lives today, is that when there's this breach in um, ancient days and people would go into the city, they would plunder the city and the things that they would do is take the woman and the children mm-hmm. out of the mm-hmm. cities and uh, they would become bond servants or concubines where they live. And it's always the vulnerable, the woman and the children, uh, when there's a breach, that suffer the most or suffer first. And we see that in our society today, where there is brokenness, it's the most vulnerable that suffer first and that are uh, almost in that bondage where they become broken Mm. or or, or in a yoke Mm. of bondage Mm. because of that brokenness. Mm. 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 Yeah, I mean, Scripture talks about the fact that our world is broken. Um, it's a breach that started way back um, at the beginning of creation in the Garden of Eden, and that breach has continued throughout our world, throughout society, throughout communities, uh, to the point where the scripture actually talks about all of creation groaning, waiting for, for redemption. So uh, even, even in God's eternal plan, there is a future yeah. repairing of that beginning breach that was created. But while we live in our time in our world uh, for such a time as this uh, that scripture clearly talks about us being repairers of the breach and um, Jesus said his kingdom has come now he wants people to be experiencing the joy and the blessing and the life that is in his kingdom and I sincerely believe that he's calling us um, as Christians and as ministries and as ministry leaders to step into that gap and do what we are called to do and do what we can do and if necessary figure out where mm-hmm. is the breach and mm. how do we respond mm. to not just treating the symptoms or, or healing the wounded but actually uh, closing that hole mm. and we talk on um, we've talked about uh, this idea on many podcasts is that we, we need relief reconstruction and and development mm. and just caring for the wounded is just providing relief over and over again right. and providing meals over and over again, which relief is needed. But this really is a conversation about development. Yes. How right. do we repair that broken wall in society, in us, etc., so that the same things don't happen over and over and over right. again? The vulnerable will no longer be vulnerable because that breach is repaired and the vulnerable can be developed, can be healed, can get their lives back. Uh, to where it should be. Yeah, the passage at the beginning, kind of towards the top, talks about the the broken yoke and the yoke, and mm. uh, I think that's a good place to start in thinking through what, what does it mean to repair that breach. Right. I, I, if you don't mind, I'm going to quickly read it. It says, Is this not the fast that I choose to release the bonds of wickedness and to undo the ropes of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free and break every yoke? Is it not to break your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor in the house? So there, there's something about um, this breaking of bread 
says uh, to share your bread, to break your bread with the hungry. And in the breaking of bread, you have to give it away. Mm -hmm. Mm. You break it and you share it with the hungry. And even uh, in what we call um, Holy Communion, you break the bread and then you give it. Mm. Uh, Yokes of bondage, I believe, are broken through the breaking of bread. And in the breaking of bread, I first of all, I give it away. And in that process of giving it away, I see the person. I'm not going to break my bread and share it with somebody I don't see. I Mm. see them. I see their brokenness. I see them. But in breaking of bread, I think I also see myself. And I see my own brokenness. And I recognize Mm. my part Mm. in this systemic brokenness of Mm. our world and of our culture. And sometimes the other person is in a yoke of bondage because of my own privilege or my own Mm. sin or my own uh, response in that. And so when we are breaking bread, we need to see that person, but we also have to see ourselves. Mm. And when we can get to that point, I believe that's where we see God, the repairer of the breach. Mm. We break the bread, we give it, we see that person, we see ourselves. And then we see God, the repairer of the breach. And the scripture goes on in Isaiah with another breaking. And it says, then the light breaks through. Mm, right. Mm. And so there's all these wonderful analogies of brokenness, but in a positive way. Mm, mm. I, I think that brokenness goes even further than breaking of bread or giving um, bread away. I, I really think God is wanting us to look at ourselves and see what, mm. in the sense, give of our, give ourselves away. Mm. You know, it's, it's sometimes when you when you're ministering to the vulnerable, it's easy to give things. It's easy to give bread. It's easy to mm. pour in resources. But what about us? How about how about when we give of ourselves away? Um, Part of the scripture talks about pouring yourself out. And to me, that's, uh, it's not just sacrificing stuff, it's sacrificing self. Yes. And I don't believe we could ever be uh, effective in breaking bonds of wickedness and, and breaking straps and, and yokes of bondage mm. if we're not first prepared to recognize our own brokenness, but then also be willing to give of ourselves away, even in mm-hmm. our brokenness. Yeah. And over there where I spoke about, and then your light will rise, this breaking of the light that comes through, it actually says, and if you offer yourself to the hungry. Mm -hmm. So earlier it says, offer your bread to the hungry. Now it's saying, offer yourself to the hungry. Mm. You know, in kind of a Western mindset, we often think of what, what, what societal issue do I need to, do I need to fix? What strategy can I create, or what? Mm. Um, what do I need to spend, or you know? And here, I, I think it's first saying it starts with our uh, our motive. It starts with who who we are. It starts with recognizing our own brokenness, as opposed to starting with 
here's my 10 ideas of how to fix some of these problems, but it starts by recognizing it. It's a people problem and only people can fix it. Mm. But the people that can fix it are those who can stand in the gap. Uh, we have to realize that when we talk about vulnerable people, about societies and communities that are broken, um, most often it's, it's historic. Yes. It's systemic. It's, it's generational. Where generation after generation after generation, uh, that, that brokenness is kind of in, passed down and inherited to the point where it actually becomes a yoke of bondage that the person mm. in that situation cannot break by themselves. Um, and so, you know, it's, it, there's a tendency to say, well, well you, you need to do better. You need to live better. You get, get a job, uh, live a holy life. Stop being so mean to your wife or your kids. Treat your husband better. And all of those things are true. But when you're yoked and when you're bound and you're tied up in, in, a, in a strap of oppression, the ability to do that is beyond yourself. Mm. And I think that's where we break of ourselves and step in and say, well, how can I come alongside you and not only break bread mm. with you, but break myself with you mm. and recognize that uh, we're part of this thing together. Right. Right. And, and, and Jesus did that. Jesus went to broken places. He didn't stay in the safety of the synagogue. Uh, he went He went out into the broken places. And I feel that his church should go to broken places. Mm. And broken places are all around us. They're within our own church. They're within our own community. They're across the mm. ocean. Mm. Uh, and as a church with a capital C, we are called to go to broken places and to stand in the gap and to become repairers of the breach. Mm. And every person who gets involved in what we have come to term missions or outreach is a repairer of the breach. And for those who are listening, if you are contributing a monthly donation to a ministry like ours or somewhere else because you believe in the cause, you are part of that repairer of the breach. If you are uh, an outreach pastor and that's your job, but it's also your calling to lead your church and to lead your community, mm to become repairers of the breach. And what does that look like? To go to broken places. Mm. And as you said, Brian, not necessarily to have a 10-point plan <laughs> of how many shoes are we going to buy and how much food are we going to mm. buy and how many huts are we going to fix and how many church buildings are we going to paint. All of that is good, good works, and I in no way criticize that. I do, however, after 30 years and more of being in this ministry, I believe that there's something that happens in the background in the kingdom of God, this place that we can't put our finger on and this place mm -hmm. that we can't mm -hmm. take a picture of. Mm -hmm. But there it exists. And when we start doing these things and becoming uh, repairers of the breach, where we break our bread, both physically and metaphorically, with uh, those that are in bondage, when we break cycles of systemic mm -hmm. issues mm -hmm. in a country or in a community,
when we break out of pointing fingers, because the scripture says, quit pointing fingers mm. at the victims. Mm. When we quit saying, well, you know, you're homeless because you drink too much. When we stop doing that, and we maybe stop long enough to recognize our own role in some of these systemic issues, and we recognize that there are, as you said, yokes of bondage in people's lives that mm. need to be mm. broken. Mm. And with humility, uh, give ourselves. Somehow Jesus multiplies that bread right. that we break. Mm. Right. Mm. And it becomes more. And in God's kingdom, it repairs invisibly in ways that we cannot fathom and that we cannot always explain away. Mm. We see that happening on mission trips all the time where people come from a Western country, an affluent country, and they say, we're going to go and help and we're going to go and minister too. And they leave after 10 days broken inside this idea of uh, breaking the bread and saying, I was ministered to. Mm. And Jesus does his... his invisible mending mm. of the breach mm. in ways that we cannot fathom and our 10-point plan goes out mm. the window and mm. we see the healing come it's almost like uh, when you have an argument with your spouse and your spouse comes and says you know i recognize that i hurt you i'm sorry just that recognition of something that hurt me starts a healing process i can't explain why it's mm. not something I can, mm. but there's this invisibleness that happens in our lives, in our very souls. And I think that the scripture being a repairer of the breach and this mm. brokenness and this repairing of the brokenness, there's a very, for want of another word, magical element well, that it goes on. <laughs> Just it's fascinating what, what you're saying because it's the in the actual repairing of the breach and the brokenness, we're repaired. Yes. That yes. we're healed mm. when we heal that broken mm. place. It's de we're desperately in need of um, a, being able to become aware of our own brokenness. And it's, it's in the serving. That mm -hmm. It's this mystery repaired. of the kingdom mm. of God mm. where give and it will be given unto mm. you. It starts with you going and giving and sharing your bread and then it get, mm. comes back then to you. And your light will break forth. And all of mm. that happens. Mm. 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 You know, I'm, I'm thinking of a great story of just how the invisible mending of a breach happens. Um, some years ago, one of the pastors that we partner with uh, noticed, uh, this goes back to the AIDS pandemic, where many, many children were left parentless and uh, lacked somebody to just provide adult supervision in their lives and so they were kind of hanging around in the afternoons after school with nothing to do and nowhere to go other than to get drawn into some kind of mischief brokenness mm -hmm. and uh, this pastor decided he would start a soccer team for these young guys mm -hmm. they were seven eight nine years old um, and as a result of the pastor starting a soccer team breaking of himself giving himself away to play soccer in the dirt with a bunch of kids uh, instead of praying and preparing sermons, those young boys all started coming to his church. Mm. And many of them grew up in his church. And one of them in particular uh, was able to complete his education because this pastor was invested in him. 
uh, ended up getting an incredible job in the Department of Health. And <laughs> talking to him the other day, he was saying, uh, I am aware that there's a breach in the health service in villages like where we were. And when you need an ambulance, there isn't one that comes. And he said, and now when people need an ambulance, they call me. <laughs> um, it, it's a very, very simple illustration, but there's something invisible that has happened and something hopeful that has been created where suddenly a person from the village who had very little and who came from a broken um, community yeah. is able to provide healing and help and, and, and mm. fill some of those gaps in the community that he himself didn't have filled when he was young. And as much as bondage and, and, and yokes and um, uh, vulnerability is generational, so healing is generational. And uh, the mm. scripture talks about generations to come repairing what has mm. been broken, repairing ancient ruins. And Honestly, I believe that when we see ourselves as uh, breaking of ourselves to repair what has been broken in others, God uses generations mm. to fix breaks that can help people uh, in the future from becoming victims of the same thing. Mm. And that's where Michelle mentioned if you're a part of a ministry that supports uh, an organization that's uh, caring for the vulnerable, you don't know what breaches are being repaired, but they are, because invisibly Jesus is doing his work. Mm. And the light then breaks forth because the bond has been broken. Mm. Right, mm. right. Mm. Uh, Mike, earlier you mentioned um, this fact that uh, we need to stand with others that are standing in the breach. Mm. And I have this picture in my mind of... Um, in our context, pastors who face these enormous challenges with extreme poverty and corruption in, in the country and just not enough of anything for anybody, and they're standing in that breach by themselves, kind of with one hand holding a trowel trying to repair that wall and the other defending mm -hmm. the vulnerable. And sometimes the breach is just too wide and somebody needs to stand with them. Mm. And that's, that's the opportunity we have as leaders uh, on, on the U.S. side in particular to be able to say, we're, we're going to stand with you because we know you can't stand there by, by yourself and do this on your own. And when we're all willing to be broken enough to go and stand in the breach and recognize that we're not perfect, but we can make a difference it allows the church to flourish and break forth in the light that it talks about, be the right. city on a hill, but um, yeah. the, the, the amount of need is so great, and I just picture this pastor standing by themselves in the breach wondering if someone's going to come and help. Right, and the beauty is when someone does come and help, and we've seen that, where perhaps a, uh, a successful businessman says, I see the breach, and I have more than enough, mm. and to whom much is given, much is required. Mm. And we've seen that businessman uh, come alongside in Africa and help. Got a trowel in his hand, and he's mm. helping to repair the breach and defending and fighting in the other way. Or a, a church from the United States who also says, to whom much is given, much is required. And 
<clears throat> you know, I'm reminded of that scripture in the book of Galatians that says we need to do good to all men, but especially to the household of faith. Mm. And when the breach, there's this breach and the enemy is coming in and the household of faith stands up and said, I'm coming to help you, mm. the church. Um, it's a beautiful place mm. to be and it's a wonderful thing to see. And as I said, in this invisible, mysterious world of the kingdom of God, uh, things are multiplied. Mm, yeah, right. Mm. I want to pick up on what you said about the household of faith. Um, Jesus said, I will build my church. Mm -hmm. As a ministry, we are determined to give ourselves away to see the church being built and flourish in communities that are vulnerable. And this may be stretching an analogy a little bit, but Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against mm -hmm. his church. Mm -hmm. Yes. Everywhere where evil, where Satan, where powers of darkness or any other um, attempt to create brokenness rises its head, the church will not be prevailed against. And so mm -hmm. as we strengthen the church, as we equip the church, as we empower the church, as we especially seek to do good to the church, I think we are building up a wall of protection that is going to close some of those breaches and prevent new ones from happening in the future. Right. Mm -hmm. And then in verse 8 it says, then your light will break out like the dawn and your recovery will spring up quickly. Yes. Mm -hmm. The brokenness will quickly mm. be gone mm -hmm. and recovery will come. Well, I think that's a great place to land. We've covered a lot of ground and... Um, we're so grateful for the work that you do, uh, whether as a, as a person who just cares about the vulnerable or missions and gives or a missions director or a leader in the church. Uh, we're grateful for uh, the work that you do. And yeah. so we're going to continue this conversation. Look forward to having you join us next time on the Orchard Podcast. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. See you then. <laughs>